0: You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Good evening, everybody. Locked On Browns, episode 141. Uh, we are just you know uh, less than 24 hours away from 20 teams moving on to the offseason, 12 teams moving on to the postseason. And look here for all my Cleveland Browns fans, uh, yes, we are moving on to the offseason. But, you know, very uh, enviable position. Once again, number one overall pick. Should be looking at as high as the fourth overall pick. Uh, Twelve picks overall. Tons of cap space. We'll get the free agency as the months go on. It's a little easy to do once you know the names and the faces. But with each day, we're getting more and more declarations. Uh, We're going to learn more and more about the guys that are available to help recoup You know, this roster and bring in more talent and just, you know, overall, hopefully, you know, continue with a culture change here that this franchise so desperately needs. Uh, Brought out a guest here this evening from NDT Scouting. Obviously, we've had Kyle from there. We've had Joe from there on. Uh, I keep going to the guys. Look, they put in a lot of work. These guys are at it, you know, 24-7, 365, putting in work, watching players. Uh, Young man out of Texas, Mr. Jonah Tulls. Jonah, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, How you doing? How's your holidays? Uh, Happy New Year, all that good stuff, buddy
0: yeah man happy new year thanks for having me on dude. It's a pleasure talking about draft stuff you know twenty four seven watching players all the time uh, it's a fun time. the off season's here and it's ready for draft season uh yeah and
1: obviously I know you and all you cowboy guys obviously it didn't work out the way for you guys either so uh you know you and uh you know a couple of people have uh you know mentioned that if you're coming on here today stop you know uh you know hoarding all the wide receivers you can only get one or two <laughs> so Pete Smith, I've addressed that for you, big guy. Uh, Jonah, I guess I want to jump into this. Uh, you know, we've been doing a lot of the off, off, offensive side of the ball. And look, when you have 12 picks, you can focus hard on one side of the ball. But it's not that every spot is you know, perfect here. You know, obviously, for the defensive side of the ball on Cleveland, I think it's vastly better. I think the guy's kind of tired as the season's gone on. Um, and I think it's been a little discouraging for them knowing that you know, they cannot give up a point, essentially, you know, to even smell a win. We'll see how tomorrow goes. Uh, I know Pittsburgh's going to be sitting down a lot of people. But I have no faith in the head coach of this team to, you know, put up 14 points to even, you know, go ahead and beat a second-string Pittsburgh offense. But we'll see how that goes. Uh, I want to go past Rusher first. Um, obviously, the Miles Garrett selection last year, it, it looks like it's going to be a home run selection. You know, miss a lot of time. Emmanuel Ogba, you know, two years ago, he really took a turn this year before getting injured. But the rest of the defensive line is good, and these guys can push the pocket and things like that nature. But you know, you need more guys who can actually get home. Uh, They've got you know obviously five picks in the first two rounds. Uh, Give me some of your uh, favorite guys here in this class, Jonah. Because the one thing they're going to need to do is until the coverage picks up here, is they're going to have to be able to stack some quarterbacks.
0: Yeah, one of the main train of thoughts that uh, that I've adopted is just stacking players. You know, you know Brian Bras always said this. It was what he taught. What he was taught is that. You can never have enough players. If you think you're good at a certain position, you stack it. So even though the Browns have a, good pass rush, a great pass rusher in Myles Garrett and they have a really good one at Manny Ogba, pending injury, of course, you just keep stacking talent because you've got these edge rushers, 4-3 edge rushers. I got Bradley Chubb, number one. I don't know. They're probably going to take another pass rusher top five. I don't see it happening. But they go down to guys like Clellon Farrell. Um, you go to guys, Harold Landry, Duke Ejiofor. Marcus Davenport. Those guys are all really good four through defense ends, to play on the left or the right side, weak side or strong side. Um, to me, my favorite guy in your guys' spot is Marcus Davenport. Uh, this guy this, this guy is six foot five, two hundred and seventy pounds. This guy can bend the edge like like no one I've ever seen six foot five, two hundred and seventy pounds. This guy is crazy. Um, if you went from a small school, I think he'd be a slam dunk top ten pick. I think he'll be a steal in the second first late first or the second round. Then Duke Ejafor, if you want another guy who's like Emmanuel Ogba, speed to power guy, wins with his hands, good technique all around, take this guy. This guy could be a great, strong set defensive end for you, does really well in the run game. Then the last guy, obviously, Harold Landry. Harold Landry had a very, very good junior season. Then all of a sudden his senior season wasn't spectacular kind of um, by injuries, but I, think, I still believe he has that pass stability that made him um, that double-digit sack guy in his junior year.
1: Uh, one of the things that uh, you brought up, Landry, is I go back obviously, you know, diehard Florida State guy. His 2016 Florida State game may have been one of the greatest games I've ever seen. He dominated from every single aspect of it. Uh, definitely a guy you have to have eyes on there. Uh, yeah, and like you said, you know, Bradley Chubb. Maybe if they somehow got into the Kirk Cousins sweepstakes and won it, and said, "You want to know what? We want a veteran here at the quarterback position." Then maybe that's going to open up eyes, maybe to someone like Chubb. But you know, I, when you have that much. You know, weaknesses on offense. I don't think they can afford to go with the luxury. The other guys you mentioned though, even with Davenport and Edge of Fort. You now you've already seen Miles Garrett kick down inside in Nickel and Dime. Mm-hmm. You can obviously do that with Emmanuel Ogba. So you have, you know, your run stuffers, You know, Ogan Job is a solid player, Shelton, uh Kali and uh the uh Brantley out of Florida is starting to show some signs here towards the end. So if you want a stuff to stuff the run with those guys, that's fine, but you get these guys ready for the seconds and longs and third and longs. And look, you can never have too many pass rushers. And if you got twelve draft picks and a hundred million dollars in cap space, you better just go ahead and just you know continue to go and go and go deep and heavy on something like you said. Uh, The safety position now, this has been a head scratcher all year. Um, They obviously Greg Williams has an infatuation for a single high safety. They don't have one on the roster. Mm -hmm. To offset that, you know, you're playing your safeties. I I mean, it's to the point now where these guys are almost 27, 28, 30 yards off the line of scrimmage. I mean, it looks like a quick kick defense. Um, I want to get your thoughts on Minka, but I I know there's some other guys that you've been highlighting, but uh, Minka Fitzpatrick, I think he cures a lot of the ails there. But I think he has highly – he's going to be valued. You have no guarantees that he may essentially be there at four or five. But go ahead give me some thoughts on Minka before we get to the other guys.
0: Yeah, I mean a lot, a lot of discussion on Minka Fitzpatrick. Is he a corner or is he a safety? Um, to me, I think he's a safety 100%. Uh, you know, there was a same. talk about Jalen Ramsey a couple of years ago, uh-huh. whether he was a corner or safety. I think Ramsey's a different player than, than Fitzpatrick. Ramsey was better with his back to the ball. Ramsey, I thought, was a better athlete. Fitzpatrick is a good athlete, but I don't think he has the man coverage traits that Ramsey had coming out. So when you play him with his back to the ball, this is very consistent with Alabama cornerbacks. They don't play well at their back-to-the-ball, whether it's Marlon Humphrey, Anthony Averett, Drake Kirkpatrick. They all can't play well with their, with their back-to-the-ball and man coverage locating the ball over their shoulder. Make Mankin- Fitzpatrick has the same kind of issue. Now, it isn't so bad to where I say, okay, don't put him in man coverage at all because he can play man coverage. He can react to those underneath routes and, and breaking routes. But if you put him when he plays forward instead of backwards, I think that's where you'll get the most benefit with Fitzpatrick. Um, great tackler. Great ball skills when he sees it, but when he has to look over his shoulder, it's not as great. Um, zone coverage, zone instincts, phenomenal. This guy is a different breed when it comes to just finding the ball, um, just searching for it, attacking it, pursuing it. This guy's, this guy's going to be a good safety prospect. He can play strong or free. Center fielder, he might not be as a true center fielder like a guy like Marcus Williams was last year, but I think he can play. I think he can play center field. I can even play in the box. He can play in the slot. I'm just not sure he's the cornerback people want him to be like a Ramsey was. He's a different player. People like to make that comparison, but I think they're different breeds. So, for me, Fitzpatrick's a safety all the way, and I think he is the center of the Browns' need. Uh, yeah, I mean,
1: right now it seems everybody's dream scenario is, you know, quarterback at one and to go ahead and take him with the next selection. Hopefully the board falls that way, which, I mean, I totally agree with. I can 110% get behind. He's that caliber of player. Guys, you're listening to Locked On Browns. Uh, my buddy Chris Manning covers the Locked On Cavaliers for all you Cleveland guys. Uh, uh, obviously, I know you know LeBron and the legacy. 33rd birthday to the king. Actually, happy birthday to him, by the way. But go ahead, check out Chris Manning on Locked On Cavaliers. He does a fantastic job over there. I highly recommend it. All right, Jonah. Like I said, there were uh, there's other options, and you know this is one thing you kind of get into with covering the draft, and you know it's like. You know, I'd really like this guy, but it's probably not gonna the board's not gonna fall my way. He won't be available. So if I miss out on a first round version of a Minka Fitzpatrick, I can get a guy who can give me similar types of things, similar type of traits in a second and third round. And I know actually you were probably one of the ones that started the Jordan Whitehead, uh Jordan Whitehead train. So why don't I maybe start there? But there's other some other guys that maybe if you cannot get Minka that high. You can dip down a little lower and still get some value in, in some solid football players.
0: Yeah, I'll start with Jordan Whitehead, but I do have three guys in mind, and Whitehead is one of those names. Um, the Late first round, early second round guys play center fielder, play all sort to of positions in the slot, very versatile players. See, I had a piece on Deshaun Elliott a couple, a couple weeks ago talking about interchangeable safeties. They could play free. They could play strong. Center field, deep middle, in the box, in the slot. All three of these guys have this capability. There's Jordan Whitehead from Pittsburgh, Justin Reed from Stanford, and obviously Deshaun Elliott from Texas. Now, starting with Whitehead, as you mentioned, Whitehead is a very interesting prospect. And that's because if he can keep his head on straight, he has suspended earlier in the year for um, team violations. I don't know what those are, but... Whitehead, if you can keep his head on straight, he's a top-20 talent in this class. It's because his versatility, his athleticism, his playmaking ability. This guy is an elite playmaker. he play on offense. He's one of Pittsburgh's – probably Pittsburgh's best offensive weapon, believe it or not. But he's not Jabril Peppers. Jabril Peppers was a guy who was a box safety playing center fielder, which he is now for the Cleveland Browns, as we all know. But – I think Whitehead is a guy who could play center field at the next level because of his range and athleticism, and he has much more—he has much better instincts than Peppers has coming up. People like to compare Whitehead and Peppers because they say Whitehead's just an athlete playing football right now, but I really think Whitehead's football intelligence—he's not getting enough credit for that right now—and he has great instincts over the top. He can play man coverage. I think he's a really versatile player who can play free or strong. Next, time I want to mention—I mentioned—is Justin, Justin Reed from Stanford. Um, he played in the Allen Bowl against TCU just recently, and he was injured in that game. But before that, he was playing man coverage in the slot against some of the quickest receivers on TCU, breaking up passes. He can play down. He can play deep middle. I like this guy's an interchangeable safety prospect, and I think he can play center fielder for you guys. Then the last guy I want to mention is Deshaun Elliott. Again, I wrote the piece on him. Probably the best ball skills of any safety in this class. Um, he, he led the big – I think he led Texas in Interceptions this year. Uh, just a great overall playmaker – uh, two pick sixes. This guy can really make plays on the ball as a deep middle player, but I really like what he does in man coverage as well. In the slot on these tight ends, he can do a lot of things for you. He can tackle in the box. He can come down and blitz for you. I think Elliott is a very one of the most versatile players in this class, regardless of position. And these are all three of these players I just mentioned are interchangeable safeties. You can play him in the box. Play him deep middle. All these guys are great options in the top of the second round if you miss out on a guy like Mika Fitzpatrick. The other guy that people like to put in with Mickey Patrick is Derwin James I know he's gonna go in the first round maybe top 15 but he's not the center fielder you're looking for he's more of that box mm-hmm. player he's yep. more that you know hybrid linebacker money backer Mark Barron kind of guy I just don't see him being a free safety at the next level and people want to You know, box him in there with Fitzpatrick as a center fielder, but he's just not that type of guy now. He's more comparable to Jibril Peppers than Whitehead is, in my opinion, because I feel like he's a guy who's an athlete playing football who can really. The less you make him think, the better he's going to play. So if he, if when he's moving forward, Dermon James is, that's when he's at best. The less you make him think, the less you make him play backwards. I think you're totally fine with him being in top 15. But if you're drafting to be a center fielder, he's not going to succeed.
1: No, and it's a waste, and that's what you kind of see with Jabril Peppers. I mean, if that's what they drafted him for, I mean, it, it, look what happened at Michigan. There's right. a reason he went from cornerback to safety to linebacker. And, and look, for me to have to tell Cleveland fans, look, Derwin James is no part of this because you've got another Jabril Peppers. You've got another Derek Kindred. You, you know, if you need nine strong safeties, okay, that's fine. But, no, no, I don't see the need for it. Uh, look, and as much as I love Derwin, look, you keep Derwin going north because he's going to knock people's lights out. That's what he does. And you know, in the old days of football, he'd most likely be a four-three will, like that type of guy. You blitz him off the edge because he's going to be that quick. He's going to get home. He's going to disrupt running plays. Derwin James is a fantastic player, and it, and it's tough for him because he won't get to go to all-star games and show you know uh, you know things that these guys are going to get to do when they go to the all-star games, the one-on-ones and stuff like that. So you know, he's might he may drop a little bit. And I think a lot of the Florida State guys are, as the way the season went. I think it kind of hurt everybody that the season wasn't that successful. So you know, I'll shed a tear and we'll go on from there and when you brought up the Alabama cornerbacks Jonah come on you know the boring jet fan in me you didn't mention D Milner come on oh (laughs) I forgot about him (laughs) another prime example of you know guys that looked great playing doing it for Nick Saban exactly right and I think that I think the league I think the league and these guys are starting to catch on a little bit Uh, I'm going to flip over to the other side of the ball here um I do want to talk about I'll go wide receiver first because the thing is is I do like the wide receiver core now when you have Josh Gordon here, you have Corey Coleman here, but there's risk with both these players. Look, Josh Gordon, you know, you 100% cannot rely on him. As much as I hate to say it, it's an absolute fact. All the talent in the world, but you cannot rely on him. Corey Coleman, you know, as much as I love Corey, I was a huge fan of his game. You're talking now both his rookie year and now his second year. He had a stretch where he missed eight, uh, almost eight weeks each season due to injuries. Uh, and somebody needs to be added here, and I think part of what needs to be added is you need some guys, you know, who can do some run after the catch. These type of guys. I, this is a solid group, I think, in that regard. I don't think you're looking around at this class and saying you've got, you know, a future top ten, number one wide receiver in the league. I don't think any of these guys are, are you know, that close to it. But you need some guys that you know can turn seven, eight yard gains into 18-19 yard gains. So hit on a couple of guys that you like here.
0: Yeah, I'll give you one really all-around wide receiver, and that guy's from Colorado State, Michael Gallup. We'll see him at the Senior Bowl in Mobile. This guy can run routes. This guy can run after the catch. He, he competes at the catch point. He does, all, he does well in all three phases of the game. Nice off the release. Um, this guy really reminds me of Amani Toomer from the Giants back in the day. It might be okay. an older comparison to a lot of some people, but I think this guy, what he does, he, he's, he has a thin frame. On the surface, but he's a much stronger player than when he plays. His play strength is off the charts. And he wins off of the release. He runs fluid routes. He competes at the catch point. And he runs he runs really strong after the catch. It's really what Monty Toomer did. He bullied opponent even though Monty Toomer looked thin, he was much stronger on the surface and he bullied some corners when he got the ball and he bullied him after the catch. That's what I think Gallup can be. I'm not sure how he's gonna fit in the Browns offense with Corey Coleman and Josh Gordon, but he'll be a nice option for them, especially because like you, what you mentioned, the um, the reliability issues with both of those guys. The other thing I want to mention right now is you know, I can't I don't want to butcher his name, but EQ St. Brown. For Uh Nordane, yeah, this guy's a a prototypical height, weight, speed guy. Um, He's not going to be the guy that's going to just blow you off with his deep deep speed, but he's a great catch point guy, and he really, really competes after the after the catch. This guy can beat press coverage. And he can make you he can make you look silly in the open field if you give him the chance. So I think he could be that Martavis Bryant kind of guy for you. He's really raw right now. Maybe be a day two guy, but if you take him and you put him in the right scheme, the benefits will be a the benefits will be plenty. Let me tell you. Then the last guy I want to mention. I mean, th- this guy is polarizing to some, but James Washington. And I know a lot of people say he's a running back and he's a, he's a wire receiver in a running back's body. It's just, I think this guy's a good football player and I'm interested in taking good football players in the draft because once you start, when you start taking projects, that's when you start getting in trouble. I'm one, I'm trying to play it safe. Uh, If I'm a GM, I want to take the safest player who I know is going to produce for me. I'm taking James Washington, probably one of the toughest receivers I've seen come out in years. Um, this guy can win over the top, can win over the middle. Limited route route tree what you've seen him usually just run slants, curls, and goes. But I can see enough fluidity, just like I saw Corey Coleman at Baylor. He has enough fluidity in his hips and his feet to know that I can that to think that he can be a great router on the next level. It's just because we haven't seen it doesn't mean he can't do it. And I think when he runs after the catch, he's as good as anybody and he's as good as anybody at the collegiate level. And then his hands are great, good natural hands catcher, not a body catcher like you've seen guys like Terrence Williams, Isaiah Ford recently. But James Washington, I think he's going to be a great option for you guys in the top of the second round if he makes it because so I think he's going to have a good combine. I think he's going to blow away teams in interview sessions. Well, and the thing is,
1: is you know, when you look, and, and look, production matters, you know, and I don't care what level it's at. Production matters. James Washington, obviously, with a fantastic amount. Uh, I will still get out till this day because 28 is the most disgusting number I've ever seen a wide receiver Absolutely. Absolutely. But I will, I will let him go on that. And uh, Emery Hunt, obviously, one of, the, one of the best going there, football game plan. Dropped the Chris Chambers uh, comp on him the other day, which actually I think is pretty perfect. That's one of the better ones I've heard for him. You know, he's got the long legs, uh, you know, just everything. But the thing is, is, he gets deep consistently, which is, you know, you can see that and you can see how that can translate in the NFL. And if he's able to do that and you put him with this mix, you have a Corey Coleman underneath, you have a David Najoku underneath, you have a Duke Johnson underneath. This creates so much more. And now you're playing a entire 100-yard football field, which is you haven't been able to you know, with what you, with the current brand that you're putting on the field right now. Uh, guys, obviously, uh, uh, locked on NFL draft. Uh, good friends of mine is John, yeah, uh, John Ledyard, Trevor Sikima. They do a great job over there. So, uh, guys, check that one out. Obviously, their shows are going to pick up with their importance and, you know, obviously the level, uh, you know, com, uh, with a, um, Senior Bowl, the All-Star Games, Combine. This is a show you need to get on, Locked on NFL Draft with John and Trevor. Be sure to go ahead and check that out. Last one I want to get to before we move on out of here today, Jonah. Running back position. Uh, Isaiah Crowell, I don't think he wants to be here anymore. And, honestly, I'll tell you right now, anybody who's a free agent, Cleveland-wise, From what we're hearing, he was staying. I pray to God that hammer drops on his head on Monday because I don't care if you were the greatest football coach that ever lived. One in 31 is unacceptable and you cannot be kept. With that being said, you have to think from what is being told to everybody right now that he is staying. Isaiah Crowell will move on. You have Duke Johnson, who is a piece of a running back core and a damn good one, but Let's start with uh, the guy who kind of took the stage today, 92-yard touchdown run. He may be, and I know you put it out there that you would have ranked him above Ezekiel Elliott. I agree with you. This guy is beyond special. And if you decided not to go a Fitzpatrick at 4 or 5 and you said, I need this offensive presence in Saquon Barkley, go ahead and uh, give your thoughts here on Saquon because, my God, special, special player.
0: Yeah. See, I, I adopt what my colleague John Ledger says about running backs – that, you know, even though we've seen Red backs in the top 10, Todd Gurley, Leonard Fournette, Zeke Elliott, all these guys are going top 10. They're having great rookie seasons, great early success. I'm more of the philosophy that I can get a running back in the second, third round and get a starter. But when you have a talent like Saquon Barkley, it's going to be hard to pass that up in the top five. For me, um, this guy can really just do anything for you where you want him to catch the ball in the backfield, you want to run inside zone, outside zone, gap, it doesn't matter. This guy can do it all for you. Pass, protect, he's a special breed, and I think you have to take him top five if you want him. To me, the best-case scenario for Cleveland is to get their quarterback at one and take Barkley in the top five, where it's four or five. Um, that, that would be the best-case scenario, because I think you can get a safety at 33, 34, something like that. I think you can get a safety at the top of the second. But Barkley, man, this guy's a special breed. He, he can deep speed, uh, power, pass protection, receiving skills. This guy can just do it all for you. and There's really not, nothing he can't do. And I think the Dane Bruger comparison of Ladini and Tomlinson really fits. Um, some people get a little scared of it, saying, well, well, you're comparing him to a Hall of Famer now. But that's kind of just the talent Barkley has. So you're not comparing the career path; you're comparing the skill sets. And with his vision and with his ability to be patient and then explode through the hole, there's a lot of LT to his game, and Barkley's going to be an absolute stud next time he ever drafts him.
1: I mean, and not to mention, I mean, you know, you're down a field goal with two minutes to go. You can throw him back and return a kick, and he's, he can do that and do it really, really well. So, I mean, he brings you the jack-of-all-trades. The pass blocking's okay. He doesn't have to come off the field ever. But if you are Cleveland, you have Duke Johnson who can cover, you know, obviously he can handle him, hold his own. So you have an interchangeable piece there. Um, and the other thing is, is as great as his tape is and his production is, this guy is going to go to the Combine, and he's going to do some really, really good things. Uh, the people are going to be wowed at his bench. They're going to be wowed at the 40 he runs. I'll be stunned if he doesn't go sub 4-4. Four, four. Really, I mean, you talk about checking boxes. I mean, you can find whatever extra boxes you want. He's going to check those as well. That's how good he is.
0: Yeah, the, NFL's lucky that the NFL is lucky. The NFL Combine and the other athletes – they're lucky that they don't have squat and clean on the, on those uh, workouts. <laughs> right. It would blow them away. I mean, this guy's lower body power is insane. You see this from the offensive lineman. That's that's how strong his legs are. Saquon Barkley is not gonna is not gonna care for your little soft arm tackles. This guy's gonna blow right through you. He has the power of Fournette and he has the speed of Ezekiel. This guy is absolutely gonna blow away the combine. And I think he is the best running back prospect I've seen since LT since Peterson. He's a better prospect than Zeke. He's a better prospect than Gurley. Better prospect than Fournette. He's just a different breed. You just don't see guys walking around like Saquon Barkley. He's just not your typical human being. This guy is gonna run right through you, and he can run around you. Like I said, kickoff return specialist, receiving threat. This guy does it all, and I don't see why a team would pass on him in top five.
1: Uh, and we're gonna go on here, and you know, like we mentioned earlier, like you know, if you cannot get so and so here, and look, it's shaping up to be another solid, solid running back group. Uh, another deep class uh, you know there'll be value up until day three uh, the evolution of the running back position and the way these guys you know are getting through college careers and you're starting to see that more colleges are going you know I mentioned this a couple of nights ago on a show you see some more colleges are going with the running back by committee because you know if they got the talent there's no reason to tell the kid to sit and wait you know you find a, a, a you know a six seven eight ten play package for him you know obviously in your game plan but it's another deep group here Jonah go ahead and highlight a couple of your favorites.
0: Oh yeah, I'll give you one right at the top of the second round. That's Ronald Jones from USC. We saw him last night with Sam Donald. He was the lone bright spot on that team that just got decimated by Ohio State all game, likely because of Sam Donald. But Ronald Jones, this guy is so shifty and so smart of a runner. This guy is patient. He has great vision. He's a good receiver out of the backfield too. This guy, this guy's people want to label him as a scat back change of pace kind of guy but he's much more than that and the nfl is seeing much more three down runners who are not your six foot 230 pound guys he's not going to be a 30 carry 25 30 carry guy but what he is going to do is he can get 20 touches a game whether that's 15 runs five catches this guy is explosive He is fluid one of the smoothest runners in this class he just makes it look easy you know people say well he can't run inside well, if you look at him play, look how skinny he gets inside the hole. Look how slippery of a runner he is. I guarantee you those defenders, they would rather tackle a guy like Bo Scarborough than tackle a guy like Ronald Jones, who is shifty, who can make you miss, who can make you look silly, actually. So to me, Ronald Jones is going to be the guy who's, who's going to be one of the most coveted players in the top 30. I would not be surprised to see a team jump ahead of Cleveland to get in the first round to get him because of how special he could be. And I think because of guys like Barkley and guys. If, if those two guys weren't at the top, you might see Ronald Jones go into top 25. But because of those two guys, I think he's going to get pushed down the board a little bit, and I think that he'd be a great option for Cleveland, be a great replacement for Crowell, significant upgrade, and he would bring a lot of spark to that Cleveland offense.
1: No, definitely a guy that is needed. Uh, just go ahead and maybe highlight one or two more guys, because I, I know that, you know, obviously we had Kelly uh, obviously declare yesterday, but right off that, you know, Without even getting into it, I mean, you're talking 10, 12, 13 guys, solid, solid college running backs that should contribute on the NFL level.
0: Oh, absolutely. One guy I want to mention here is Rashad Penny from San Diego State. And this guy just goes bananas on every team he plays. This guy, we're talking about Saquon Barker's lower body strength. Rashad Penny is very good in that area, too. He dragged some dude. I don't remember which game it was. He dragged dudes from, like, 10 yards holding on to his jersey. It was like a tire pole. It was, it was outrageous. So Rashad Penny to me he's a three classic three down running back much better receiver and athlete than given credit for i think he's he can run outside zone inside zone inside the tackle this guy just has it all too he's if you miss out on saquon barkley in the top five i don't see why you would pass on a shot penny in the second round this guy has this guy's a complete running back and i think he is very similar to thomas jones back in the day i think he's a very complete guy great vision um This this is the guy I would target in the second round if I miss out on a guy like Barkley or Geis. Then the other guy you just mentioned was John Kelly from Tennessee, just declared. um, A lot like Alvin Kamara and the fact that he was kind of overshadowed early in his career, but then he kind of was able to break out. uh, Just phenomenal explosiveness. This guy, his flash plays are as good as anybody in this class other than Barkley. This guy just, you see the explosiveness and you see the fluidity on tape. The problem is, is consistency. Can he do it on a consistent level? I wish I would see more, more production as a receiver, considering his size, but I think he can be a 3 down running back next level, and he'll be one of those sneaky wild cards in the second or third round if you want to wait for a running back. I think he can be one of those candidates to be one of the breakout players that comes out of third round. We've seen guys like Alvin Kamara, Kareem Hunt have those kind of years, and Jordan Howard in the past. So I think John Kelly can be one of those guys if given an opportunity.
1: It's too funny. Actually, here in Saquon Barkley just uh, left over two Washington defenders. Uh, I think he's telling everybody, uh, guys, yeah, the race for number one is over. Uh, Jonah, thanks so much for having me, uh, for ha- having uh, making the time here this evening. Uh, obviously, you're going to be down in Mobile with the guys, yes? Yes, sir. Can't wait. Looking forward to it. Uh, You know the NDT scouting crew. uh, All you know, I'm friends with all of them. These guys put in a ton of work. uh, You know, happy for the success they're having. These guys, uh, they deserve it. Uh, They've done it the right way. They they've just put in the effort to get themselves there. Jonah, uh, let anybody know what to be looking for, where to find you at.
0: Oh yeah, so my Twitter, Jonah Tuls NFL, J O N A H T U L S NFL. Um, We're about to hit the new year. About to hit some new rankings. Um, positional rankings come out for NDT scouting in that first week of the new year. Then I'll have a top 50 out later that month before the senior bowl, um, have some senior bowl previews coming out. But that positional rankings in that first week is going to be very important because I'm going to break it down to specific position types, not just wide receivers. I'm going to break it down to X receivers, Z receivers, slot receivers. You're going to defensive ends. We'll look at some weak side defensive ends, strong side defensive ends. Like, for example, Miles Garrett's a weak side defensive end. Ogba's a strong side defensive end. They got three techniques, one techniques. Nickel corners, dime corners. You're gonna look at all these different positions, but I'm gonna break them down as positional types. So you guys don't want to miss that. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a very informative piece, and I can't wait to show you guys it.
1: okay. So there you have it, guys. Uh, like I said, you know, uh, you've had Kyle on, you've had Joe on. These guys are trying. You know, they are putting their stamp into the community, and they're doing things their own way. And it's good. It's major. It's great stuff. Uh, for Jonah Tolls, I'm Jeff Floyd, guys. Locked on Browns. Keep following the Twitter account. Anybody you want to hear for the offseason, which we have coming up, keep giving me suggestions. You guys have been fantastic with that. Follow my own Twitter account, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Thank you guys so much. Uh, Let's go Browns. Uh, And look, guys, Cleveland, we are on the clock.